Alright, welcome back here. It's the fantasy episode, or the bonus episode as we should say now, because fantasy leagues are all starting to come to an end here. You got your uh, you got your semifinals this week for fantasy football. Oh, so we're going to throw some stuff out there for fantasy, and then we're going to throw some extra stuff out there. We're just going to be talking just football and just goofy stuff that we like talking about. Tim, what's up? Um, yeah, well, I guess it wouldn't be a fantasy episode if we didn't at least mention some of the studs and duds of round one. Um, the guys I'm going to talk about now... You moved on because of them, and you cannot move on and talk about fantasy this past week without Zay Jones. Six catches, 109 yards, three touchdowns, 34 points for Zay Jones, who, by the way, is wide receiver 19. Yeah, who would, if he was your if he was your flex or uh, wide receiver two or wide receiver three, if you have a wide receiver three, I mean, holy cow, did you get more than you ever thought you were going to get in that game? I mean, with, with Zay Jones. I mean, you thought maybe you'd get a, a touchdown, maybe 60, 70 yards, but three touchdowns? Holy cow. Yeah, and keeping up with the theme of enigmatic guys carrying people, Kirk Cousins, 460 yards, four touchdowns, 43 points for Cousins. Yep, and this is a guy that you were probably really pissed off at numerous times this season for how many times – he laid an egg, but holy cow, to come through at this point, I mean, but hey, what, you watch you watch this this next game against the Giants come in, and the final score is like 19-16, and he ends up with like, you know, 10, 12 points or something. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if he was your quarterback last week, and he carried you, don't expect the same thing this week. <laughs> and, and speaking of carrying guys, he brought, Kirk Cousins brought K.J. Osborne with him. 10 catches, 157 yards in the touchdown, 31 points for, for K.J. Osborne. Now, he's wide receiver 49, and let's be honest, unless you're in the deepest of leagues, he wasn't in your seasonal lineup. But if you had him in your DFS lineup, he's the one to put you over the top to win them because he was a very low-owned guy. But yeah. K.J. Osborne, he definitely came. Kirk Cousins like, come with me, come with me, and he did. Yeah, a very, a very cheap play in DFS. And uh, as, as you hear us all the time when we give you our DFS teams, there's always – two or three bargain bin kind of guys, and he was one of those guys that this week, and if you had him, you cashed. If you had K.J. Osborne on your team, unless you were way under budget, you cashed. Yeah, and, and returning to guys who were definitely people's lineups, King Henry, 21 carries, 104 yards and a touchdowns, 26 points for King Henry. He did his part, and, and, and you know what? If you rode him into round one, you're going to ride him again because he the Texans this week. Yeah, he he might actually he's going to if he if he's on if he was on your fantasy roster and you're still in this, he's going to probably carry you all the way to the championship. Yeah, right or, or at least he should. Yeah. Brable, he should unless your unless unless your team does, just completely falls apart the rest the rest of them. I, I I think you can can you not say with any kind of certainty that he's going to rush for at least 80 yards and a touchdown? If not 140 and two, which is where I kind of say he's going to end up at. Yeah, yeah, that that number cannot be high enough. A um, couple more here. Number one tight end for Week 15 was George Kittle. Four catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns, 25 points for Kittle. He was number one Week 15 on the season. He's tight end five. Considering all the time he missed and the fact that he's worked with three different quarterbacks, that's pretty remarkable. Well, is it remarkable, or is it just say just how mediocre every other tight end is besides? the top two or three. 
damn, I'm trying to throw bouquets at this guy, and you're like, no, great, great. No, a great, a great week for Greg, uh, for for George Kittle. Don't get me wrong, but you know, like you got it on Thursday, and uh, and I'm sure you were excited and you were pretty pumped to uh, go into your playoffs, start go into your playoff game, starting off with a with a big 25 from George, George Kittle on Thursday night. Yeah. Um. One guy, I know there was quarterbacks that scored more, and I did mention Kirk Cousins. I wanted to mention Jalen Hurts. He has absolutely carried people this year. Uh, he had 376 total yards, three rushing touchdowns. And if you're in a league where it's four points per touchdown pass, those rushing touchdowns are even more valuable. So if you rode Kirk Cousins into the second round, you've rode Jalen Hurts the whole year. But you also rode Jalen Hurts into the ground because he's not playing next week. And that's it. It, it could not have come at a worse time. Because if he carried you all year, he's out this week, but I had to mention him. Three rushing touchdowns, 34 points. On the season, he's quarterback three, but you won't have him this week. Yeah. Yeah, and let's talk about let's talk about that. I mean, do you have anybody else you wanted to talk about? you want to talk about some duds first? Because I think there's, there's a lot to talk about with how you fill the hole that is Jalen Hurts. Oh, I was going to get to uh, tough calls, starts, and sits time. Sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a tease. We'll get there in a second, guys. We'll get there. Yeah, next segment. Um, yeah, there are some duds. There are guys that you are not playing this week because of these guys. And the top of that list is Justin Herbert. He did throw for 313. No touchdowns, two interceptions. He had eight points. If he was your quarterback, you are not playing this week. Yeah, you, there's, there, there's almost no chance that you survived with eight points from your quarterback. And, and I just brought up how Jalen Hurts has carried people all year. Another eagle that's carried people all year, Miles Sanders. He's carried people all year. We talked last week he was running back 10. Uh, he had 11 carries for 42 yards, negative 13 receiving yards. Yes, negative 13. He had 1.9 points. He has fallen down to running back 12. So, again, if he was one of your sleeper guys, he carried you this far. He did not carry you last week. Unless, of course, you had a bye like somebody I know. Yeah, yeah, a true. True, but you know what? This he's, is he's not listening. But, but this is what <laughs> this is this is what happens though. You get to the playoffs and these guys carry you, and then somewhere along the line, they just lay this egg at the one point when you absolutely need it. Another guy that's carried people all year. If you were a part of the Punt the QB Club, a guy who's carried people all year and let you down, Geno Smith. Uh, Two hundred thirty-eight yards, one touchdown, seventeen points for the guy who is quarterback five on the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, if the if you were one of those people that punted the quarterback and you got to and you got to fall back on picking up Geno Smith because nobody drafted him. If you picked up Geno Smith a couple weeks into the season, you were rewarded for it. But if you ran him into the if you rode with him into the playoffs, you probably rode him to the end of that line. Yeah, and that's, be glad be glad what he gave you because the punt the QB thing we we brought it up this year. Most of the teams that are in it either have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. There was a handful of people that if you punted the QB and you had Tua or Justin Fields or Geno Smith, you were able to get by most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, even Kirk Cousins is quarterback seven, even though he's been an enigma. Um, it's it's been an up and down year, but uh, yeah, Geno Smith kind of let their owners down. Yeah, yeah. Another another um, guy that really helped helped get you to the playoffs was Lamar Jackson, and then you know he's been out for a handful of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to help people with quarterbacks next segment. A couple more duds before we move on. Brandon Ayuk, I know you feel this pain. Um, two catches, 19 yards, 
and that was without Debo on the field. I wanted to point that out. One catch, or two catches, 19 yards, three points, without Debo on the field. Yeah, well, you know, George Kittle had that monster game, so obviously somebody was going to have to pay for it. Uh, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate because every single thing you hear in the press conferences all the time is Brock Purdy talking about how he keeps talking about oh Ayuk he's going to be one of he's going to be one of those guys I lean on and then to only have I think four targets and two catches is it that's just pretty bad and especially to get to a, a be on a Thursday game and then to have to sweat it out if you pulled out a win this week it's kind of hard to uh, invest in Brandon Ayuk another week if you happen to eke out a win despite what he did. Yeah, you because, know somebody who did? Well, let's face it, because if and I did, I did. I had Ayuk, yeah, and I ske- squeaked out a win. But you know what? But let's face it. I mean, if you're going to squeak out from a subpar play from a position, it's probably going to be one of your wide, one of the wide receiver positions. Yeah, uh, another wide receiver that really let people down, and I had asked you about it in, in start and sit last week, Alan Lazard. One catch, seven yards, one point. The guy was coming into the season was supposed to be wide receiver one on his team. Not only did he have a horrible week 15, he's wide receiver 39 on the season. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think it's more of a, a testament of, of of where the the Green Bay Packers have fallen in their wide receiver core. I mean, when you let MVS go and you let Devontae Adams go, it, you're just not going to see. You're just, this is the same exact thing. Remember the one year when they let Jordy Nelson go? That first season yeah. after that, they paid for it. They paid for it because Devontae Adams was not ready to be the guy and Red and Randall Cobb was, was inserted to be wide receiver one, and he was brutal that season. Yeah, it's like the Bears trying to do with uh, Darnell Mooney this year. It's like you cannot put somebody who's a wide receiver three or a slot guy and try to make him your wide receiver one. Yeah, true. Uh, one more dud before we move on to helping people with their lineups. Pat Fryermuth. He's tight end six on the season. Again, I I, I preface it by saying I know what this year has been. Zero targets. He played the whole game. And so we're not talking about a guy who got a goose egg because he got hurt like Kyler Murray did. He played the whole game. He got zero targets from Mitch Trubisky. Zero. Blutowski, zero point zero. Yep, well, I mean, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. And he's he's tied at six on the season. But you know what? Pickett's probably going to be back this week. So, um, if you happen to play him and and was quick by, uh, you might have you might, be, might have to look back to him again with Pickett playing this week. Okay, guys, we know it's the semifinals. Uh, we know we got some bigger names here. We're going to help you start with some tough calls. Your start and sit lineup, quarterback position. Jalen Hurts is out. Lamar's out. Kyler's out. Even Tannehill's out. If you're in a two two quarterback league, so we're going to need some help. And I'm going to get you right out of the gate, buddy. Jalen Hurts is out. His replacement, Garner Minshew. Are we are, are we trusting him? I I do actually. I think that da- Dallas's defense is suspect. They can give up the deep ball. Uh, the one thing that about Trayvon Diggs is is that he is really good at defending passes until he doesn't defend the pass, in which most of the time he goes for the pick or he just doesn't cover it well, and the guy catches it and he can take it to the house. I mean that's something that I think has been. Uh, synonymous with Trayvon Diggs is is he's he's one of those guys that will go for the pick and if he misses it will leave the receiver completely open to take it to the house. I'm with you. I, if, if you're one of those guys who had Jalen Hurts as your quarterback in a seasonal league, you did not have a backup quarterback. And most of the guys, if you're in a quasi-competitive league, most of the guys, um, except for the next name I'm about to ask you about, are not available. Garner Minshew, he is, and I'm with you. Throw him right in there. Yeah, I was fortunate enough. I'm I'm without Hurts. 
Um, I debated on Minshew, but I ended up going with Jared Goff. Jared Goff was available in free agency, so you, that's a no-brainer. Pick up Jared Goff. Hey, and that's the next guy I was going to ask you about, Jared Goff. I, I know you say he's a no-brainer, but I tell you what, he, he's been very hit and miss. He hit a skid there where he was like 16, 15, then a 31, and then, you know, so he has been hit, hit and miss. He did score 16 points last week, but you have no qualms about throwing Jared Goff out there at Carolina. You know what, he's, he's more of a miss than a hit when he when he does play on the road and they are playing on the road. But I think now with That's DJ... Why I had to ask you, yeah. No, I agree. But, I mean, with DJ Chark now coming around, uh, James, Jameson Williams, he's uh, he's been, you know, stirring stuff up, stuff up now. Amon Ross St. Brown is still there. Um, I, I think when you're talking about it, I still think that there's a lot of value there with Jared Goff um, with what he's been able to do in, in some games, not all the games. But in some games, what he's been able to do, and when you're talking about the fact that you lost Jalen Hurts, you got to replace it with something. And Gardner Minshew, as much as I think he could fill in with A.J. Brown and and uh, Devontae Smith being there and Goddard being back from IR and stuff, I, I still you can't trust. I mean, you might have to throw that out there because you just don't have another choice. But you do have another choice with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff has been a lot more consistent than a guy who hasn't played in almost two seasons. Jared Goff or Derek Carr? <laughs> Uh, J- Jared Goff, uh, that Ra- Raiders Steelers game does not make me feel good now with the fact that TJ Watt is healthy and uh, as that emotional game that I think you're going to see from the Steelers this week. Uh, one more, Daniel Jones. No, I can't. I can't. I can't support Daniel Jones. Uh, they're playing against Minnesota. I know Minnesota has uh, is a suspect against the pass, but if the Giants are going to stay in that game, it's going to be on the back of Saquon. Yeah. Uh- Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson? Daniel Jones. Uh, that's only for the fact that that, that team is so bad, uh, that the Minnesota's pass defense has been so bad in the past. You you can't trust. You can't trust Deshaun. He hasn't. You cannot start Deshaun Watson until he shows you that he can actually put up points. And he yeah, and he still has not proven he can do that. We got some running backs for you, buddy. A.J. Dillon against the Dolphins. Uh... You know what? I'm going to say yes, and I actually favor A.J. Dillon over Aaron Jones because I just feel like, from what I've been seeing, I see a lot more. I'm seeing a lot more uh, touches for running the ball and some of that from A.J. Dillon than I even do from Aaron Jones. So I, I actually like A.J. Dillon. I like Aaron Jones this week too. But I was saying, if anything, I, I think this is one of those weeks that A.J. Dillon will get more points than fantasy points than Aaron Jones. I believe. I feel like he's very touchdown dependent. Now he scored four touchdowns in the last three weeks. But, I mean, otherwise, the touchdowns he scored last week, he had 11 carries for 37 yards. So I feel like he's very – Jamal Williams at the beginning of the season, he's very touchdown dependent. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't disagree with you. I just think that the Green Bay is going to have some success running the ball this this game. And, and speaking of touchdown dependent, Jamal Williams. He, uh, he's a guy who's, who's really <clears> – you know, people have counted on him this year. I mean, you know, our champ – uh, he, he lost Jamonte Williams. He lost Jonathan Taylor. He's counted on Jamal Williams. Are you counting on him this week at Carolina? I, I would. I think that Carolina is. It, Carolina has a pretty decent defense, but I think Detroit has all this momentum, and I think they're going to keep riding that momentum. And part of that is going to be by being two-dimensional, by running and passing the ball. And Jamal Williams is that touchdown guy. I mean, Devon, DeAndre Swift is is your is your is your Barry Sanders right now for the Lions. He's the guy that runs the ball from the 20 to the 20, and then once you get inside the 20s, they give the ball to Jamal Williams. 
it's ironic that it's the exact same franchise we're talking about. Yep. Yeah, I, so no qualms that he hasn't scored a touchdown the last two weeks and that he's not a factor in the pass game. No, no no qualms. He's been touchdown. He, he's the touchdown leader for rushing still, so why would you why would you veer away from that? If, if anybody ever said, hey, Austin Eckler is leading the league in rushing touchdowns last season, and, and then somebody was like, yeah, you know what, I'm just not going to start him the last week of the uh, in, uh, semifinals of the playoffs, I'd, I'd tell you you're nuts. Did you just put Jamal Williams in the same category as Austin Eckler? Well, Austin Eckler led the led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. All right. Um, Am I wrong? Am I wrong, Tim? Am I wrong? Uh, you didn't say copyright Tim Singer punt the QB, so you don't get to do that. You're I'm fine. on punt the QB, so I could totally do it. Uh, Rashad White, go. Rashad White uh, against Arizona. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Arizona, Arizona is is a, is a dumpster fire. I mean, it's just a complete mess. I mean, that I could see this team just totally folding it in and uh, and losing these last three games and ushering uh, everybody and anybody that's uh, in management out of town. So no qualms at, uh, at all that he's on the wrong end of a split with Lenny uh, playoff Lenny. No. No, I, I don't. I don't know. Rashad White. This is this is when those rookies kind of put up these big games. You start seeing these big games from these rookies when you're talking about you know week 15, 16, 17. Start giving people spells, um, and then throw Lenny out there come playoff time. Uh, Rashad White or Cordero Patterson. Rashad White. I, I finally subscribe to uh, to you saying that Cordero Patterson is the last couple of weeks is just it's time to move on. Uh. One more, Rashad White or Brian Robinson. That's a good one. Uh, that is that is a good one. I mean, Washington has a uh, has a tough matchup against San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to say Rashad White. Um, do you have any interest in either one of the Colts running backs with JT out? Deion Jackson or Zach Moss? Um, probably Deion Jackson. I would say he's the one that's actually gotten the the play before. Um, that actually was pretty successful. I know he burned me the one week in both leagues that I was in, and uh, sorry about that. yeah, that's all right. But uh, okay, I mean, Zach, and the Zach and the Chargers twenty four carries last week. And the Chargers, the Chargers do have do have a, a a hole there when it comes to stopping the run. They have been weak at it all season long. Okay, I you know, I I'm going to politely disagree with you. I don't know if that I trust either one. I'm with you. I think Deion Jackson's the better of the two. He's been in that offense longer. But Zach Moss had 24 carries for 81 yards last week. So if you know who's going to be the lead back, you're better than me because I have no idea. Well, at this point, you, you're already you're already chasing right now. If you've got to worry about it going into the championship, going into possible, you know, semifinals here, going into the championship, if you're throwing Zach Moss or Deion Jackson out there, you got bigger problems. Okay, buddy. Wide receiver position's a little shady this week. Tyler Lockett's out, Debo's out, Cortland Sutton's out, Traylon Burks is out, Chase Claypool's even out, if that floats your boat. Doesn't. So we're going to help some people, okay? It right. does not float your boat. No, no it does not. First name I'm going to hit you with, Brandon Cooks. No, I I, I can't trust Brandon Cooks. I, I don't see, um, he hasn't done anything in, in, in quite some time. He hasn't done anything pretty much all season. So I don't see any don't reason say. to, I don't really see a reason to start not thinking that's going to change now yeah no the only reason I, I bring it up tennessee is dead last against wide receivers um and nico collins is out yeah now i mean that floats your boat, huh? I, it, it just it still doesn't make a difference i mean if you start chasing you know for a possible wide receiver one on a bad team you're, you're just you're just chasing yourself right out of the playoffs 
I hear you. You know, as bad as his season's been, do you know he's still wide receiver 40? Wow. I'm, I'm not saying that's good, but I'm, I mean, like, wow. he should be like 90. Yeah, he should be like 92 or something. I mean, this is a guy that it was one of my, I, on one of my YouTube videos, I picked him to have over 900 yards receiving. And that blew up yeah. in my face right here. How's my, how's my Davis Mills looking? That that looks pretty bad, too. But he did throw two last week. Yeah, so he's got that going for So him. he's got 12, uh, I think. Next up on the docket. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you there, buddy. We're, we're not professionals. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Amari Cooper. No. Um, you know what? He, he's got – he has a high floor but a low ceiling. Like, he's not going to get you Zay Jones numbers. He's not going to do like a Zay Jones last week with three touchdowns. He's going to get you one touchdown, maybe six catches, 80 yards. That's 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 on like a on the good day. And that's because Deshaun Watson is there, and Deshaun Watson has not proved he can put up any points yet. I mean, what is I think Deshaun Watson's what thrown one touchdown pass in three weeks. He's been brutal. He's been absolutely brutal. The best thing I can say about Amari Cooper is that he's at home. Yep. And that Marshawn Lattimore is questionable. Yep. Yep. That's so cool on both of those things. The only problem is it's uh, going to be below zero there. So why would you be throwing the ball when you have Nick Chubb in that offense offensive line? Agreed. Uh, Tyler Boyd. I love Tyler Boyd this week. Actually, I think he's he's got he's got a lot of uh, a lot of upside there because New England always takes out um, what you're good at, and what you're good at in Cincinnati is either T. Higgins on the PPR side on the on the reception side, or Jamar Chase on the on the touchdown side. So you know, pick your poison on one of those things, but that's going to leave Boyd with the third with the, the third defensive back to cover him. Um, I was absolutely prepared for you to push back on me on this one because, factually speaking, he's number three in the pecking order for the Bengals. But, um, honestly, that's what the, the Patriots do. They're going to probably double Jamar Chase. Um, they'll leave their second-best corner on T. Higgins, and that leaves things wide open for Tyler Boyd. So I'm with you, man. Absolutely. And when you're talking about a, a New England team that, um, let's face it, just is not as talented – uh, on defense, as Cincinnati is on offense, it's just gonna, like I said, you could take one of them out, but that's just gonna leave the leave the leave everything open for the other one and Tyler Boyd. Absolutely, uh, our little out of left field, Marquise Goodwin. No, no, because Marquise Goodwin is like hit or miss, and it's not even hit or miss half the time. I feel like it's hit or miss, like it's missed two out of every three times. So uh, I wouldn't trust it in a playoff in a playoff thing, maybe in a daily fantasy, maybe if you want to go for shoot for the moon, put him out there with a, with a budget pick. But if you're talking about semifinals right here and you, and you have to rely on Marquise Goodwin to help you get there, I think you're, you're sorely mistaken. Well, you know why I bring him up? Tyler Lockett's out. Um, they could be chasing the chiefs for points. Garbage time will always help. Look, KJ Osborne had an amazing week last week because, because of garbage points. Um, I think there's a possibility there. I think in seasonal leagues, he is your ideal high-ceiling, low-floor guy. If you are projected to lose by 12 or 13 coins because, say, Jalen Hurts is hurt, if you're projected to lose, if you are in a desperation spot, I think he's a very good high-ceiling, low-floor guy. You could plug in a second flex or a third wide receiver, and he could try to win you your week. But also realize it comes with two catches and ten yards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He could, he could, uh, he could just as easily do nothing 
more easily than he can do something. And but I understand what you're saying is, is he could be like that guy that uh, that Quez Watkins, that uh, T- Tyler Lockett, the guy that just comes out has an 80 yard touchdown pass, and then he has two catches for 86 yards and a touchdown. But you still got the touchdown that you needed, that big touchdown to get you those points. Totally get it. I just uh, he wouldn't be it. He's not in my plans. I hear you. Tight end position, there's not a hell of a lot of help we can give people at tight end position, which has been the theme all year. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you have Kelsey and Andrews, you start them, set and forget. There's a handful of other guys, and let's be honest, if you're still playing at this point, you pretty much have your guy at tight end. But there's a couple borderline guys. Um, Gerald Everett. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, if you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, I would say Jared, Gerald Everett is probably... In uh, you know he's he's not your Dalton Schultz he's not your George Kittle you know what I mean he's not your Darren Waller he but he's he's in that next tier of guys that's probably like eight to eight to fifteen um, who could probably put up a touchdown and Gerald Everett is on a team that that let's face it Herbert likes to throw the ball a lot so there's no you know there's no reason to see why he can't be a factor you know he's probably going to get more targets. Than, than most of your most of the tight ends out there. Oh, guys, been a little enigmatic. You know what? I'm I'm not even gonna try that word. I don't know why I'm even trying that word. Greg Dolchich. No, 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 no. If you if you're still alive in the playoffs and you're starting any player on the Broncos that isn't Jerry Judy, then you're just asking for disappointment. But Russell Wilson's back, man. Cool. Cool. Maybe maybe in that time that he took off last week, maybe he learned how to cook. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I, I wanted to ask. My favorite, I love to ask, Jawan Johnson. You know what? For somebody that's pretty much tight end, t- touchdown, tight end, touchdown dependent, um, he's he's been putting the ball, he's been getting the ball in the end zone, so I, 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 I want to say no. Um, but he always keeps proving me wrong whenever I say no, but I'll tell you this much, uh, no, (laughs) because they're playing at Cleveland. It's going to be below zero. I mean, there's just, there's just no point. There's just no reason for it. There's no reason they should be, they should be doing that. If you're going to check down, if Dalton's going to check down anybody, it should be to Kamara. It should pretty much be Chubb versus Kamara, Dalton and, uh, Dalton and Washington, Watson should have little to nothing to do with this game if you actually want to have a chance to win this game. And both of these teams, uh, maybe not Cleveland so much, but but New Orleans is actually still alive in the NFC South, as much as that is crazy to say. So you might as well just go ahead and like and you try to get the ball in Kamara's hand as much as possible. That was a long-winded way of saying you don't like Juwan Johnson. Yes, it is a long-winded way, but it's still a no. I, I'm saying yes in standard leagues because Jarvis Landry just hit the IR. Chris Olave's out. Um, the wind conditions could be conducive to dumping off. And while he should dump off to Kamara, he won't. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't. I, I You're right. He has not. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in standard leagues, I like Juwan Johnson and PPR. Uh, he, he's a tougher one to convince me. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah. There wasn't a hell of a lot of tight end we needed to help people with. If you have a guy, you start him. If you don't, you are trying. And you're probably not playing at this point. Um, but I, I think we've got to hit some B stories. I like to call them B stories. They're stuff we honestly just couldn't fit into the main episode that I really wanted to talk about. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
keeping an eye on the NFL playoffs because, you know, that's what we're doing here. Um, the Chiefs, Vikings, and Niners have all clinched their division titles last week. Um, the Niners, we, we missed it because they played Thursday, but they won their seventh in a row. Doesn't really, I guess it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. And they, they beat the Seahawks. They have clinched the NFC West. Yeah. The Vikings are 11-3 and three and clinched the NFC North, which you called at the beginning of the year. And, um, yeah, I mean, was lost in it was because they came back from a 33-point deficit. What was lost in it is they won the division. But the star of that matchup, so I just told you about, Kansas City Chiefs, seventh straight division title. Um, so remarkable in an era where teams just don't do that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, Mahomes, Andy Reid, I mean, and they've just – and they've taken, they've taken the best shots from from some of these teams. I mean, you know, you've had you had a uh, you've had some teams that have been pretty talented. The Chargers had some pretty talented teams that couldn't catch them. The Raiders have had some pretty talented teams that couldn't catch them. Um, the Broncos are the Broncos. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty impressive. I wish I could say something else other than that. It's just it's it's incredibly impressive. But when you're talking about a, a team that for. Uh, I mean that that one year, but the last year with Alex Smith, and then after that it was Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, very impressive. I, I, I you can't talk <clears> about <throat> now. Um, one thing that one team has not been impressive: the Tampa Bay Bucks. We touched on it briefly in the main episode. They are currently in first place in the absolutely brutal NFC South. You mentioned how New Orleans is still mathematically alive. Eh, somebody could win this division at seven and ten. And to me, that's an embarrassment. Oh, absolutely. It's an embarrassment. It is It is absolutely embarrassing. The fact that everybody is alive because everyone's five and nine and one team is six and eight, uh, six and, yeah, six and eight and five and nine. It, it's it's incredible. It is so bad. It is so bad that you're talking about uh, some of these teams are probably going to pick in the top 10 and not be eliminated from their division with, uh, with, until there's like a week left to go. And the sad thing is, and I brought up the Bucks because factually speaking, they're in first place at six and eight. Again, they could win one more game the rest of the season, maybe one at seven and ten. I love, I know it'll never happen, but I love what college football does, where it'd be like, hey, you need to win, you need to go at least six and six to be bowl eligible. Um, it's not going to have been the NFL, but it's an embarrassment if they win at seven and ten. That being said, we've talked about it on a couple occasions. If they host a team like the Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't be shocked if they beat them. Would you? Yeah, exactly. The, you're talking about a team, and, and keep in mind that we were talking about it two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, when they played against the 49ers, this was a team that was never an underdog. They are six and eight. They, they we're not even talking about their record against the spread. They have been favored every. They were favored every single game for the first twelve games of this season. Yeah, it's crazy. And but that's the thing is people still think it's Tom Brady and the Bucks and they're going to rock the right the ship and they just can't. I mean, they blew a seventeen nothing lead at home to the Bengals last week. Yep. I'm not saying the Bengals are a bad team. That's not embarrassing to lose to the Bengals, but to blow a seventeen nothing lead at home is embarrassing. Yeah. True. Uh, teams that are not good. We our, our tradition here on the bonus slash fantasy episode is celebrating the teams that uh, get eliminated. And um, the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams, yes, the defending champion, Los Angeles Rams, have joined our friends 
the Houston Texans, Chicago Bears, and Denver Broncos as mathematically eliminated. Yay! And how crazy? How great is it? How great is it that Baker Mayfield once again uh, brings a team back on prime time when he comes in in relief, and then the next week he comes back on again and 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 has nothing significant to show for it. He's still Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's it's just, you can change the uniform, but the fact of the matter is he's. He's a college football player playing NFL football. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now when we're talking about the the playoffs here, I mean, we playoffs. know we know where everybody pretty much sits with the division leads and stuff like that. But I mean, is there is there another team besides maybe the Redskins that you see changing spots here? Because I think I've been talking about it for weeks that the Lions are going to jump over and make the playoffs. And that'll probably be over the Redskins because they just lost to the the Giants last week. Um, but I mean, besides that, it, the AFC and the NFC, I, I feel like the the teams making the playoffs are pretty much set. Yeah, that's the thing is, I I, I, I want to make a case for someone in the AFC, but I just can't. <clears throat> I know the Dolphins are, are on a little bit of a slide. They're eight and six. There's a seven seed by, by a virtue of tiebreak with the Chargers. The fact of the matter is, though, the teams behind them aren't very good. Yeah. The Patriots' record is 7-7, seven, seven, but they're just not very good. I tried to tell everybody I could at the beginning of the season to take their under a win total, and they're, they're not going to get there. They'd have, they would have to get two more wins to, to hit nine wins, and they're not going to. Yeah, I don't I, mean, I don't think they're going to either. And and what we're seeing right now in this Thursday game with the Jets just absolutely looking inept and the Jaguars taking it to them, I mean, I, the Jaguars, the best they can do is 9-8, and eight, and you got a, a, a Jets team – that that's going to lose to the Jaguars, and I, I feel like lose even more ground there. I mean, yeah, I don't see anybody catching uh, Miami or or the Chargers or or the or even the Ravens. And the Ravens, I mean, even them, they could lose out the rest of the way and possibly still make the playoffs even without Lamar Jackson. Yeah, if someone's sneaking in, it's definitely in the NFC. You tried to tell everybody a couple weeks ago get the get the Lions at plus three hundred to make the playoffs. That price is long gone now. Um, could you I imagine what those odds must have been at one and six? What were the odds? They probably were off the board, honestly, because I mean, what are they going to give you plus ten thousand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, if the Lions do, and we're both rooting for them, you know, our, our three-way chat between you, me, and the executive producer Malcolm, we we said we kind of want to adopt the Lions, which is tough to swallow as a Bears fan. I kind of just you kind of want to root for them. And if, if they even if they make it and get beat in the first round, it's still a remarkable season to me. To start one and six and to come back and make the playoffs, that in alone would be like, you know, you're not hoisting the Hallis Trophy or the Lombardi Trophy, but still an amazing, amazing accomplishment if they do do it. I, I'm rooting for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what you're what you're talking about. The only the only two teams that you're saying is a success now if they. You know, well, three teams I would say is the Giants, Giants, the Redskins, and the Lions. Anybody of those teams is like, man, at least we made the uh, great. We made the playoffs. All the teams in the AFC, they're not going to be happy with a first round loss. All the teams in the NFC, you're not going to be happy with a first round loss. But those three teams, Washington, the Giants, the the Lions, nobody expected those teams to be there. People were talking about yeah, Seahawks too. Yeah, Seahawks. But I mean, the Seahawks right now, I, I feel like we're even though they're ahead of the. Uh, the Lions, I feel like you're they're just, they're on a they're in a kind of a free fall right now, falling down down yeah, the they're list. Yeah, they're ten points <clears> on to the Chiefs. <throat> they're not winning that game. 
And, you know, so I, I just think, like, those teams are like, oh, man, what a great accomplishment that we made the playoffs because nobody expected us to be there. Every team in the AFC has has bigger aspirations than just making the playoffs. Every team in the NFC, not saying that those teams don't have bigger aspirations. Obviously, they're going to want to try to win. But I think as a fan base, you're like, well, man, we're just – I'm happy that they turned it around that quickly. I, I think you have a very cool wide receiver stat you want to share with the class. Yes, I do. Now, moving on to some of, some of the other stuff are – some of our B stories here. I, I saw this on Twitter and I felt the need that I had to share this because I thought this was really incredible. 1,600-yard receiving seasons. Marvin Harrison had two in 13 seasons. Julio Jones and Antonio Brown had two in 12 seasons each. Torrey Holt had two in 11 seasons. Megatron had two in nine seasons. And rounding out the top of this list... In three seasons, Justin Jefferson has hit 1,600 yards twice now. Tim, Jerry Rice hit it once. Randy Moss never hit it. Tim, are we looking at what could possibly be one of the top receivers of all time, if not the top, the best receiver of all time with Justin Jefferson? If he stays healthy, he can be one of the best of all time. I don't know that he'd catch Jerry Rice as the best wide receiver of all time. Jerry Rice did it in an era where people ran the ball and played defense. He did it with Joe Montana and Steve Young, again, both Hall of Famers, but he did it in an era where they didn't pass the ball. He was amazing. He even did it at the twilight of his career with the Raiders. So I don't know that he catches Jerry Rice, but to say he's not Jerry Rice is not an insult. I mean, every time we talk about is it LeBron or Michael? Is it, you know, Joe Montana or, Joe, or Tom Brady? And you say, oh, no, it's obviously, obviously Michael. Oh, you're trashing LeBron? No, not at all. There's nothing wrong with being the second best in something that's been going on for 150 years. <laughs> I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not an insult. So when I say I don't think Justin Jefferson's catching Jerry Rice, he, he's just not. I mean, is Alex Ovechkin catching Wayne Gretzky? No. Wayne Gretzky is still the great one, and I, I think the same thing applies to Jerry Rice. But that doesn't mean I don't love and appreciate what Justin Jefferson is doing. And the fact, in our lifetime, as sports lovers, what we've gotten to watch is, is remarkable, and I add Justin Jefferson to that list. All right. Let me throw out a couple of records here that are that are being thrown out or thrown out about. We talked about in the last episode, we both agree that uh, Justin Jefferson is going to catch Megatron's 1964 receiving yards in a season. Um, he's only about 330 yards away right now to actually beat that record with three games left to go. Um, do you think Tyreek Hill, who is 430, about 435 away, do you think he can catch the the record, even though he'll probably still be second behind uh, Justin Jefferson by the time it's all said and done? I really don't. I'm not taking anything, anything away from what Tyreek Hill has accomplished. Um Anything, any myth that it was all Patrick Mahomes is long gone. Tyreek Hill is amazing. He's, he's He can get separation from his defensive back. Tua can't throw it to him deep. He can't hit him in his drive. But he's, to, to hit that number, he'd have to average like 160 a game. And, and even the best can't do that. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very high accomplishment. So I, I just don't think he gets there. Do you? No, uh, I I do not. I think he comes up short. I think he'll he's not going to even come up Cooper Cup short. He's going to come up, I think, significantly short. Maybe by like hundred yards. But I think Justin Jefferson. I think we we both agree that Justin Jefferson is going to do it. Let me throw another one out here: passing yards in a single season. 
Peyton Manning in, in 2013 threw for 5,477 yards. Mahomes has 4,500 right now. Right, right a little bit, uh, two, but four yards shy of 4,500. 4, With three games left to go, can Mahomes catch Manning? I think he can. Um, I, 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 he is showing that it wasn't Tyreek to kill that he did it. He loves passing the ball around. Their version of running the ball is jump offs to Jarek McKinnon, and those still count as passing yards. So I, I really think you're talking about a team that is in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC. They're going to have to play all the way through it, and I, I think he can. Do you disagree? I, I think he can. I don't think he'll get there. I think uh, even when when they have games where um, they're putting up forty points, he's sometimes he's only thrown for two hundred and eighty yards and four touchdowns. It's just the way that the the KC the KC kind of moves the ball around. I mean, they do kind of um, they do kind of throw a couple of runs in there, and I know that most of the runs don't usually turn into much, but the the runs that they turn in there, they they do have enough of a balance of of running the ball, like actual rushing attempts. Um, to actually to actually interfere with that, and and a lot of times, especially when you're talking about the games that they're playing against, still they they they're still going to have some pretty favorable matchups where I feel like they can get they can get up in games and just kind of kind of kind of ease ease off the gas. Yeah, you just wanted to sneak the words Isaiah Pachenko into a fantasy episode. I didn't say Isaiah. I never said it. You said it. You said those words. All right, uh-huh. one one more completion percentage. Um, the the highest in NFL history is seventy four point four by Drew Brees, um, and Geno has seventy one point four. He was up to about seventy three and a half percent with about ten weeks into the season. That's dipped off to seventy one point four. Tim, can he can he catch Brees? Uh, I think this week's going to help him because if they're in comeback mode, some of those dump offs to DJ Dallas might help him. That being said, no, he can't. Um, I, I think. One of the things that really made him shine early on in the year was Tyler Lockett. I think he's underrated. People miscast him as a rainbow wide receiver, catch the deep ball. But I tell you what, he's one of the best I've ever seen at tiptoeing, hitting those, you know, hitting those sideline catches where he gets the feet down somehow. You're like, watch it live. You're like, no, he didn't catch that ball. Then you look at it again. I'm like, oh my god, he did. So I, I think one of the things that helped him early on get that completion percentage was Tyler Lockett, and we're not going to see him for the next couple of weeks, so I don't think he gets there. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, he would have to throw about 80% of his passes to complete just to get that percentage up to that point. Uh, you're talking about 20, 20, what, 27 to 30, 20, 20, 26 to 30, 26 of, you know, with 24 out of 28. I mean, I just don't see him being able to. That's just that's just unrealistic expectations. A couple of drop passes, a couple of... Uh, Throw the ball out of bounds and stuff like that, and it's and it's and it's already sealed and done. Um, let me throw this out here before you before we do the daily fantasy. Um, J- Josh Allen in his third season he took off. Uh, Jalen Hurts in his third season he took off. You got you're going to see great you're seeing great progression this year with Justin Fields as far as running the ball. Um, if he makes that progress into his third season as a quarterback. It's usually that that sweet spot where everyone kind of comes into their own. Obviously, it didn't happen. It happened earlier for like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, who had their MVP seasons in their second seasons. But a lot of these other guys, they came on in their third season, and and one of them, Josh Allen, was the same exact season they traded for Stephon Diggs, and then Jalen Hurts, they just traded for AJ Brown, and you saw these big difference, these big changes. What is a name that you can throw out there 
for the Chicago Bears to possibly trade for to make a sudden impact to help Justin Fields get better. Two people I wanted to bring up here were T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. Now, both of these guys are guys that you could possibly trade for, maybe to possibly uh, give bigger contracts because maybe you figure Jamar Chase is going to get that big payday in Cincinnati and then uh, maybe Indianapolis just decides to just blow the whole thing up. Who are a couple of other names, or do you agree with those names as guys that could really help uh, bring Justin Fields up to the next level next season? I don't think either one of those names are going to be available. Um, I don't see any reason T. Higgins would want to leave Cincy. Um, they still have Jamar Chase on a rookie deal. So if he wants money, he might get money. I don't know if he's going to get Tyreek Hill money. Um, that's your opening there. If he wants number one wide receiver money and he doesn't think he's getting it Cincy. The problem is the Bears will have money assets, but there's nothing. So you frame the question as trade. Rightly so. There's nothing in the free agent market. The downside is the Bears traded their second-round pick, their own second-round pick, in the Chase Claypool deal, which is looking great for the Steelers because that might be like the 33rd pick. The Dolphins had to forfeit a first-round pick, and the Bears are currently number two in draft position. So that would be like the 33rd pick. They don't have that pick. They should not trade the number two pick for any of the names you mentioned. So I don't know if they can make it work that way. Um... I don't know if the Colts, who could be in sell mode, they do not have their quarterback of the future or really anything of the future there, but Michael Pittman's still on a rookie deal, so I don't see the Colts bailing on him. Uh, a couple of the names I thought of when you brought it up, DeAndre Hopkins, if they do a reset in Arizona, get rid of Kingsbury, all that, I see. I can see Hopkins, uh, but he's 30. And the other name I wanted to bring up was Debo. He was, he was disgruntled in the offseason, he got extended, but that doesn't mean he's happy. And if, if they find some other things they have to, to move some money around, they might be willing to trade him. All right, good good points. I, I think Debo would be great for the Bears and stuff like that. Like, obviously, um, you got Mooney and you got Claypool over here already. I do think that they are a, a stud receiver away from from really helping Justin Fields becoming um, the, to take the next step as a quarterback. Hopefully he does it next season. Um, we'll, I'm sure it's something we'll be talking about all, all off season. Um, and all the other stuff that we got, we're gonna be talking about. Um, let's throw out some daily fantasy. I'll go first. Uh, get your get your holiday special here. We're gonna throw some stuff out there and see how it works out. There's there's always big money to be made in these daily fantasy stuff. You're throwing a couple bucks at it to take that shot at that lotto ticket. Let's go ahead and throw it out there. I'm gonna go with Tua as my quarterback. I think you're gonna see a lot of points in this Green Bay Miami game. That Christmas Day game there that. Uh, that let's face it, the other two games on Christmas Day are going to be trash. So this is if you're looking for a lot of points, this might be one of the only games you're going to find it this week, uh, and it's certainly on Christmas Day. Um, so I'm going to go with Tua as my quarterback. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry as my running back at, at 8600. If he's not in your lineup, you better be hoping for an injury because everybody else is putting this guy should be putting this guy in their lineups. So this guy averages 100 yards and two touchdowns the last five times he's played against the Texans. I don't see any reason to stop now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I'm putting him out there at 5,800. He's had a couple of back-to-back 100-yard games. I think he's turning it on at the right time now that he's back. Uh, I'm going to give you my three receivers. Boom, boom, boom right here. DJ Moore, Christian Watson, and D.K. Metcalf. Uh, had to go bargain bin for, for a player here because 
uh, let's face it, I've been throwing money out there for everybody else, especially Derrick Henry. Uh, Robert Tanyan, I'm going to go touchdown dependent here. I'm going to say that on that Christmas Day game with Green Bay that he finds a way to get one into the end zone. Uh, my flex, I'm going with Donovan Peoples-Jones here to get some PPR, just maybe get a couple of first downs here, move the sticks and stuff. And my Bucks defense is the defense I'm going with here to round it about. Basically, this one I picked because it was the only thing I could. That was, the, that was the price range where it fit in, and that was just the best team out there at that time. Tim, what do you got? Yeah, if you go top to bottom, sometimes you got to take the defense and find a ration for it. Um, I, because of all the weather things going on, I'm going indoors. I am taking Dak Prescott as my quarterback. He's hosting Philly, and uh, he, I got him for 6,100. My running back core, everything you said is accurate. Derrick Henry, if he's not in your lineup, shame on you. 8,600, I don't care. I would have got him for 10 grand. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I'm with you. Um, they could have some inclement weather in Baltimore, and they have to mask the fact that their uh, Lamar Jackson's out. So I think J.K. Dobbins is smooth. If I get him at 5,800, great value. C.D. Lamb, I paired with Dak at 7,500. I, I do want to do at least at one stack if I'm going to win a tournament. I thought C.D. Lamb... Um, in the previous game against the Eagles, he had the best game of the uh, Dallas playmakers with Cooper Rush at quarterback, so give me some CD Lamb. Um, in the bargain bin, the cassette tapes at the car wash, if you will, Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, he plays wide receiver for Carolina. He cost me $3,600, and if you are bargain bin shopping, go for high ceiling, guys. K.J. Osborne. Um, after what he did last week, and I can get him a 4500 I, I think that's, again, a, a good high-ceiling bargain bin guy. My tight end, who else? Travis Kelsey. Um, 8000 I don't care. It's still Travis Kelsey. And if you're not doing that, you're hoping for, like you said, Robert Tunyon. Because I spent names with Derrick Henry, Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and Travis Kelsey, my flex is the tight end from Tennessee I cannot pronounce. <laughs> Ocon... Anyway, not 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 gonna hear. We're not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, he is my flex because he has been on fire three weeks in a row without Traylon Burks in there, and he cost me thirty five hundred dollars. My defense is the Washington Football Team. They were twenty four hundred dollars. They are playing against Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy. They can have a good game and still lose the game. The, the Niners can win that game seventeen ten, where the Washington Football Team still gets me. A couple sacks, you know, maybe uh, maybe even a defensive score because I don't know that they're scoring offensively. So that's my lineup. Um, I, I know you're going to wrap us, but I wanted to say thank you for everybody for listening. Um, we kind of talked about it in the Thanksgiving episode, but we're coming into Christmas. If you're listening, I appreciate it. I hope you all have a great Christmas. Enjoy time with your family and just remember what this time of the year is truly about, and it's not tackling people on Black Friday deals. <laughs> yeah uh guys thanks a lot we we wish you all the best luck in your uh pl- fantasy playoffs um and just you know everything that you got going on with football if it's gambling if it's uh whatever uh hope you guys have great holidays you guys make the most of this time with our families uh with your families uh you know enjoy this time with your with your loved ones and everything uh football is one of those things that's uh that's a, a nice little a nice little side piece uh, to to enjoy the holidays side piece side piece. Ah. side piece to enjoy the holidays with um as you're as you're sitting there watching with uh, watching with your family hopefully and uh let's face it if you're not watching football this week because uh your family typically doesn't do that i mean that's perfectly fine because guess what this this week's all about family 
Um, it's playoff football. I hope you win and everything like that. But you know what? Overall, just enjoy these holidays. Enjoy enjoy it all. This is it's a great time of year. Um, you know, I you know we we both have kids, and you know just seeing these kids get excited about opening their gifts and opening everybody else's gifts and seeing fam seeing family. It's 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 got so much value on it more than anything that you could win in fantasy football. So thanks a lot for listening. Um, wish you guys a happy holidays. We'll see you guys next, next week when we, uh, start ringing in the new year with some more f- football. Uh, yeah. So we'll see you guys next time. Take care.